Good morning, my friends. It is a 10 a.m. on the sunny Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. I've got my coffee. No bad days. No point in having a bad day, is there? Not when you've got coffee. You know, what I do most mornings when I wake up is I grab my phone and I Google backing track. And if you actually put in backing track into YouTube, you are going to be flooded with tracks from a channel called Elevated Jam Tracks, which is my friend Tom. And Tom's a good guy, <laughs> and he totally owns YouTube when it comes to backing tracks. So I grab my phone. I, he puts out a new backing track every day. I grab my phone. I connect it to my electrophonic guitar modillo, which has a smartphone input right over here. Everything's backwards. I plug in, I turn on, ugh, and I have a bit of a play over random backing tracks every morning. So here's time. Let's play a track. What's he got? Hopefully this will work. Beauty of live. I'm just going to move my mic down a bit. What key are we in? D, he says. Okay, let's start with a D. <laughs> So on and so forth because I can because this guitar of mine that I love so dearly has built-in amplifier stereo effects and it just plays so damn good so damn good I'm gonna unplug the phone so I don't have any people ringing me coming through the speakers on this guitar but <laughs> I uh, love that guitar like you would not believe. Electrophonic guitar modillo based on a Model 1, but with a scratch-proof um, coating on it. Take it anywhere. It'd be really nice to talk to the guys behind Electrophonic and uh, ding-dong, who's at my door? But I actually have Jan and Joe from Electrophonic. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hello, Rick. Hello, Rick. Good morning over there. Good morning, good evening to you guys. I could hear you guys sipping coffee in the background there. So I was jealous as I was trying to play. First thing in the morning, forgive me if I'm a bit rusty and I don't know the neck. I'm still waking up. I am but human. Uh, guys, thank you for joining me. Ugh, let me just get comfortable. Awesome. As I put everything down, grab my little whiteboard because as I told you guys, I like to take notes as we're going. Jan, Joe, how long have you guys been making guitars together? Joe, you want me to? Oh, yeah, I don't know, about um, seven years or so, something like that. Does that sound about right, Jen? I'm not good with yeah, the although it it's, did. All, it's all a blur, like your background right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, 
we actually started around. Uh, we started the idea for the company and for for the product uh, together. Like Joe had already had the product, and he showed it to me about 2010, 2011. And we were just kind of going, well, we're going to do this if it if it's possible. And we just kept toying with the thing for a couple years. And next thing you know, it was uh, taking shape. It just kept getting more and more uh, interesting and uh, more functional. Uh, we started out cutting it on a piece of styrofoam just to see what it would look like with the speakers on it and everywhere approximately. I mean, we literally started at that point and uh, kept evolving it. And then about... 2005 or so i think we got our patent on the product and moved into and then we and uh we met up with um oh here joe is going to show you the prototype there's oh, look at that. there's proto that's proto baby one that's the original he had a couple of other versions before this but that's the one that that when when he showed it to me i went yes based on a telly very cool very cool Master volume, ticket volume, on-off toggle, uh, delay effect with uh, thumb wheels, and then a, a tone sweeper with a in-and-out FX loop. Nice, nice. So yeah. you said you, you started Wait, off... wait, wait, and it, it has a one-watt amplifier. Yeah, one-watt. <laughs> one-watt. <laughs> cool, cool. It was, it was very cool... Uh, you know, but we, but you could tell from this thing that there is a road ahead somewhere in the brush somewhere, and if we can find it, you know, we'll, we'll, we can get into an actual product. And believe me, it's we've gone down some 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 dark paths, <laughs> but but uh, the thing just keeps getting more and more refined. And you know, the one you're playing is pretty much minimum standard, minimum now well i, I gotta say when it comes to the playability of that guitar uh, that is the slickest guitar i have in terms of action and feel uh so that's what i play awesome. around the house all the time because it has an amplifier built in stereo effects i can plug backing tracks directly into it uh you said you guys started off cutting styrofoam is that how you, is that how you <laughs> yeah. got the, the, ne the neck feeling so good was it no, no, that was just how we made the shape of the body to see if it even was feasible. It was a feasibility study in design. <laughs> okay. I mean, we had a hot knife and we had styrofoam and there were strings of goop going all over the backyard of Joe's place in Redondo. <laughs> but uh, it shaped out and, uh, you know, we had a, we put a, 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 he put a CD, which is five inches about. And he put that on the thing saying, that'll be about where the speaker goes. And we were like looking at it going, yeah, you know, we had that hanging here somewhere. But I think I think we used it to pack a guitar that we sold. <laughs> cool, cool. So you start off with the telly design. What you've got now is a little bit, is it's kind of telly, but a bit more towards a Les Paul kind of shape. Uh, was that just to accommodate so you had more space to get the stereo speakers in there and everything? Uh, yeah, basically, we, we kind of started there. We took a, uh, a basically a 57, uh, a 57 Les Paul uh, design, you know, with a 17 degree uh, headstock and a three degree slope on the guitar, on the uh, neck, and uh, 
everything about it, but we we carved it down like a strat. You know, we carved the belly cut and we gave it some swoopage and we made still made room for the, the both speakers, both match speakers, both paper cone match speakers, which are uh, at both ends of the magic tube. And it kind of gives it its character sound. It's nice, big, fat, you know, sound. Well, that's what really impresses me with it is I've had other guitars in the past that have had speakers built in. I remember back in the mid to late 90s having one of those Fernandez travel guitars and it had um, a built-in speaker and it sounded terrible and the action was like this high. It was not playable. Like I was saying to you guys before we went on air, man, I, I would just play that guitar even if it wasn't amplified, just because of the feel and it's just slick and there's things I can do on that that I can't do on other shred style guitars. So you guys have really nailed the neck profiles and everything. Thanks, you, Rick. Awesome. Did you base the, the neck design uh, on anything in particular or is it just a, a trial and error thing? Trial and error. Uh, you know, we worked with, um, we worked with uh, Grover Jackson early on when we were doing it, trying to make sure that everything was kosher, you know, that the neck join was proper. And, and then, you know, after he beat me up a few, few times, that was, I'm, I'm trying to reset this here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we can see. Are you watching yeah, yourself? Anyway. You're watching yourself on the, on the replay. No, 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 I, I'm not. I'm just trying to adjust this table here. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. We, 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 we worked the neck until it was right, and I, I'm pretty happy with, you know, when Joe was liking it and everybody that we showed it to was kind of signing off on it, we said, let's let's go with this design, and I think it's it's been refined a bit since then. Uh, now you've got a pretty much of a refined neck, but we've just now introduced a new neck that, well, we haven't quite introduced it yet, but it's it's going to be out here very quickly, and it's, it's an even just a little bit different than that one little bit the headstock is no longer at a 17 degree tilt it's at a 10 degree tilt okay and why did you do uh, that no you know it's really you know we have a volute on the back so there's plenty of meat back there mm -hmm. so we're not really worried you know we haven't had any break off at the neck that just hasn't happened like on a 57 Gibson, you know, which are notorious for it, and they they have a uh, they don't have a, a volute, so they don't have that extra meat. But uh, we we switched over to a, a 10 degree, and uh, we've gone with a little bit of a thinner profile, just a tiny bit. It, you know, it's going to be imperceptible almost, but. It's still in the classic neck. It's not like a super uh, hot rod, um, you know, thin neck, but it's not a big bat either. It's just kind of right, you know, a good middle of the road, comfortable neck. Cool. I cool. have a pretty big hand. It's very comfortable for me. Yeah. And you're pretty happy with it. I don't know oh, how absolutely. big your hands are. But <laughs> uh, I'm six foot three, and I have quite a, a big hand uh, um, yeah. with tiny feet. Funnily enough, <laughs> are you six thing. foot three? I'm six foot three, man. I'm six foot three, 
and I have a size eight shoe. Most people my height have like size 13 or something. It's the strangest thing. I have these huge hands and these tiny little feet. Why I don't fall over, I don't know. But I'm just going to show you the <laughs> folks what you're talking about on the back of the headstock there. Uh, let me just cut to me because it's all about me, 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 me. Uh, you can see that reinforcement there. And I am going to say, I'm going to try and get behind that. This is so hard. It's all backwards what I'm seeing. You can see there's a bit of reinforcement there. I have actually had this slide off the couch a few weeks ago. And if it was a Gibson, the headstock would have snapped off. It, it took well, a, we a quite heavy... Well, we can't help you there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, it did take quite a heavy fall and no, nothing. Nothing of it. Um, now somebody's just commented there's a six foot two and they got size 12 to 13. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I've got these tiny little size eight feet. In, in winter socks right now, too. <laughs> got my woolen oh, socks man. on. You know, Rick, talking about the shape and yeah. um, how we started with the Les Paul, and then, uh, you know, we were looking on the screen at the shape, and Jan started to, um, you know, in the 3D modeling, to play with the lines, the curves, and the, and, and the whole uh, silhouette of it, and mm -hmm. stretching things here, and pinching things here, and all of a sudden, you know, this particular shape sort of materialized, uh, you know, that um, became the shape. And, uh, you know, we kind of looked at it for a long time and going, well, it's, you know, it's a unique shape. Uh, it's, it's, there's nothing that shape and you, your mind has to kind of get used to it, you know, because you're so used to a Les Paul or a Strat and everything based on that. So, um, but, you know, the more that time that goes on it's being real accepted and when we were at nam you know a lot of people coming up just saying oh that's the coolest shape you know that's like a classic new shape and, and they were saying what you said you know we should make a regular guitar without uh, all the electronics because it's a shape that's worthy and so we are doing that oh that's that's great that's really cool to hear because i would totally play that through traditional amplifiers um Without all the, Which I guess it's a good time to show it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> nice. The string strings are hanging off right now. Yep. And yeah. that's your well, your you own design bridge on there as well, isn't it? Yeah, we're calling this. You know, the code name is NA right now. Not non amplified. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's got your Easy Rider bridge on there as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it has the Easy, Easy Rider trim. Uh, this one has a, a knife switch, like a Strat style switch. Mm -hmm. Still retains Up the, a three, little bit. the three knobs. Oh, sorry. Strat switch here. Knife switch. So, yeah, it plays, you know, same playability, same neck profile. Show the, Joe, show the headstock yeah. again. Let me see the headstock again. That's that, that one's – look at that, Rick. Wow. Yeah, this one, uh, we made a neck with a uh, laminated three-piece. Nice, you nice. Know? Strength. And this has, I don't know if, if, you, if you can see it real well, but uh, a laser uh, in, engraved uh, graphic that's actually 3D. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So just in terms of pickups and things like that, um, folks can, can choose their own pickups, or do you guys have your own line? What's the go with those? Well, um, we have pickups that are made for us to our specifications that, you know, we think are real good working with our electronics. Um, 
people can try other pickups, but we just recommend with the Model 1 or the guitar modello that you stick with uh, humbuckers because um, of the electronics, the proximity there, the single coils can introduce noise. And okay, yeah, yeah. So you guys said back in 2005 you, you guys got the patent on, um, on this. What was the next step in, in you guys getting it together to actually forming the company and getting to where you are now? You want to answer that, well, we, Sure. Uh, well, we got together with some uh, uh, startup funds, some small startup funds, got a little place, you know, bought some surplus uh, desks from a surplus joint that work tables, and uh, we bought a, uh, a, a CNC machine size 24-inch by 16-inch. No, uh, you know, I mean, it was literally this big. And we built a kind of plexiglass fish tank for it so that we could kind of keep the dust in mm-hmm. and uh, learned how to make guitars on it. And with, it only had one bit at a time. You had to manually change the bit each for each operation that okay, required yep. a different bit. Yep. But it was 24 by 16, and it wasn't quite long enough to get the necks going right with the angle of the headstock that we were using there just wasn't enough room in the gantry on this thing and so we uh we finally were forced to take the bite and we bought a really nice cnc machine we went through a lot of possibilities and we ended up with a cnc factory machine that's the name of the company they're local uh so it was great we could go down there and hang out with the the owner uh, and you know they're they're great people and they custom built this thing for us exactly the way that we wanted it cool cool so this one uh, had 10 tools and uh yeah 10 10 10 tools and uh a four by four size table which is more than enough for what we need to do uh and we started rocking on it and it's it's just been a godsend and then we just added a few more, you know, things to the mix. We added a laser machine, laser cutter. You know, we added a uh, 3D printer. We're now on our third generation 3D printers. You know, I mean, it's it's moving along here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you said before that you had Grover Jackson, Grover Jackson give you guys, or kick your ass into gear, as, as I think you said. Um, what type of things did he help you out with? Well, when we started, uh, I, I didn't really know anything about 3D uh, CAD program, you know, CAD. I didn't know anything about it, uh, computer-assisted drawing. I mean, I knew uh, 3D from doing a lot of video things and, you know, Avid and After Effects and all the stuff I used to do. So I had a good sense of it, but I really didn't know what I was doing, and uh I got a bootleg copy of uh, SolidWorks, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, I got, I, I only had a Mac in those days, so I was running Boot Camp, trying to run this, this early version of SolidWorks on Boot Camp and crawling along, and I was able to get it going, at least, and uh, showed it to Grover, showed my drawings to Grover, and he started snickering at me and said, dude... <laughs> Do this, do this, and he converted all, all over to Rhino, Rhino 3D, which is another uh, 
similar type of program. It's a little different. It's anyway. So I had to learn Rhino. So I learned Rhino, and I worked with Grover for a while, and he kept uh, tutoring me on getting my shit together and uh, yelling at me and you know being grumpy at me in, in the Grover manner. And uh, ultimately, he kicked my ass into a place where I could sort of make a neck. And uh, we just kept going. We kept going. So he, you know, he just showed me, you know. Uh, you know, actually, he showed us a lot of things. Like when we first made our first guitar, uh, we didn't have any 3D models, and Grover suggested we do it in 2D. Okay. Just do it in 2D. Draw it out. Cut, cut it like a. Think of it like a. You slice it like an egg slicer horizontally, and you'll have 18 different eighth-inch pieces to make a two-inch guitar. Or, or, a four, or whatever it was, yep. you know, two inch thick and all in slices. So we tried it. We cut it all on a laser. You know, we cut uh, MDF, thin sheets of MDF on a laser, glued it all together to shape out our guitar. It looked kind of cool, but it warped from all the glue. It was oh. just all warpy. Yeah, okay. So we uh, <laughs> we moved on. We, we figured out where we could go with thicker sections and we got some uh plywood cut like eighth inch pieces of plywood and we we did another egg slice guitar and it worked and uh after that this is it yeah joe's got it there oh that's it there cool so that's made out of several pieces that's that's made out of wood oh wow of wood all cool. put together, so there's no swoops on it or anything. It's 2D, but it's it represented what we wanted to do, and we had a little louder amp in there and everything, and it, it you know it it was cool. It was really cool. It got us going. It was a basically prototype two was basically what launched us. Wow, so that's how you got the body styled together. How about the actual electronics involved? Because as as I mentioned, it's got a preamp with. Look at that original, uh, the original one. You've got yeah, three different models in there. Then you've got overdrive one, overdrive two, clean, warm, punch, mid. So tell us a bit about how you designed the, the, the preamp section of it. Yeah, Joe? Well, um, actually, you know, we went through a lot of different thoughts about the preamp. And um, at first we were kind of thinking we might do digital uh guitar that would have um, some presets and programmability and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we kind of started down that path and um, decided it just wasn't getting the rock and sound that we were hoping for. And so, you know, it was, it was a worthy uh, experiment, but uh, ultimately we just said, you know what, we got to go all analog. And um, so, uh, you know, we worked with, um, we found Tim Thompson, who's the guy that's designed these electronics, and we worked with him. He used to be at Kurzweil. Oh, cool. And, uh, 25 years he, he designed, uh, he was the head of their design team at, for, at Kurzweil for 25 years. Wow. So he, he brought a lot of skills to, to our, our uh, design. Yeah, so we looked at a lot of different... Um, analog you know devices pedals and this and that and started you know 
figuring out uh, some basic parameters of how we wanted to achieve our overdrives and, um, of course, the effects, the delay, and the and the chorus, and um, you know, it was quite a quite a lengthy process, <laughs> really, to arrive at it. And we we had you know, breadboard giant thing with parts all over. We were swapping uh, resistors and capacitors, and you know, trying to finesse the sound and get it to really work with the speakers and cool. and the chambering. And so it, you know, it was it was a road. <laughs> nice one, nice one. I, I got to say, I um, I did a, a demo, uh, like a produced track for you guys using the the built-in electronics, and I ran it through a speaker IR simulator afterwards in Pro Tools, and fuck me, it sounded good, man. Like it just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's the the fact that you can play it quite loudly too. It'll fill the room with sound. I, a lot of these self-amplified guitars that I've come across aren't very loud but this uh, I, I use it for teaching and i will quite often uh just for shits and giggles every now and then just turn it up to show students how loud i can get because i have it at a bare minimum and when they're not used to loud noises you see them sort of the eyes sort of go oh that's loud you know? <laughs> so uh how did you guys find a, a power amp uh make it so loud out of you know two tiny speakers well, you know, um, lately, uh, relatively lately, this Class D style of amplification, you've probably seen, like, now they have bass amps that are, uh, you know, half a rack space mm, with mm. a thousand watts, and, and that's all done with Class D um, type of amplification. So there's a lot of them out there, and we just started getting some off-the-shelf amps, and um testing them and then when it came time you know we kind of narrowed it down to how many watts we wanted and what chip we were going to use etc and so you know then uh, Tim built our amp based on you know everything that we learned from experimenting cool cool um, you also have the stereo effects in there uh, so it's got a oh I should mention something Rick what's that the, the other thing is um, in order to really get the punchy sound the reason we have four uh, lithium cells in there is because no matter what amp you're using, you've got to be able to deliver current. When you hit a power cord, that's really demanding. Uh -huh. And so, you know, our thing is like uh, 16 and a half volts or something. Um, and it the main thing is it can really deliver current. So you get that punch and that's what makes it feel really nice and solid you know when you're chunking on it it doesn't feel like it's compressing or you're losing uh power cool so um yeah that's one of the key things to our you know the magic of the sound so in terms of battery life how long will uh, a single charge last on these <laughs> um they last a long time i mean our experience like when we, when we did the first nam show um i played for eight hours basically for two days before needing to swap the batteries out so you know i wasn't always at full tilt and i wasn't playing you know <laughs> punk rock power chords the whole time but I, I would say it was average styles of playing and stuff yeah you, you'll get it at least eight to ten hours before you have to charge them cool cool now um steve vi has a new model guitar out that the pia and one of the things that he was saying was that how he came up with this concept of having 
the back cover be magnetic. I'm going to call him on that. <laughs> because you guys <laughs> had a magnetic cover way before Steve I thought of it. Um, and so you can actually see here, that's, that's the batteries. And there's the magnetic little clip-on guys there. We got focus, we got focus. Boom, just goes on straight like that. Uh, so, you know, Rick, yep. let me tell you about that. Those, uh, when we were looking at those batteries, you know, we went online looking for a battery box to put those things in. And it did not matter where you went. There, any, every box, you put the batteries in right next to each other, like, like sardines. In order to pull them out, you tear the material, the, 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 the vinyl side of those batteries, which destroys them. Ah. So every one of the ones we kept trying was, was just blowing apart. So we designed our own with the space between each battery so you can actually pull them out. And all of the protection circuitry and everything is on the same circuit board. So we actually came up with that whole uh, battery box in order to accommodate the level of, um, you know, horsepower that we needed. Cool, cool. Well, you guys have nailed it. Um, <laughs> now, who's using your guitars? I mean, you've got me, <laughs> but I'm a nobody. Um, there's a few other, yeah, a few other notable people who have started to to use these, haven't they? Sure. Who have you got? Um, um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we've got uh, you. We've got. Uh, Andy Louis Summers, Louis yeah. Shelton, your your buddy Louis, our My buddy Louis, yep, yep, all of our buddies Louis Shelton. Yeah, Louis Louis came in here and, uh, you know, being like probably the most respected guitar player that I know, he came in here to the place here in Inglewood when he was visiting, and he picked up our guitars and said, "Yeah, okay, I, I get it, I get it," and. That was the that was enough juice for us to get moving, um, and so he, he he you know you saw the one that he had and mm -hmm. boom. <laughs> well, that was my. Uh, so you you go, mate. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, well, you go ahead. You go. You go. Uh, I was gonna say that um, my exposure to your guitars was through Louis, and he asked me to help him with a doing a video for you guys, which is on my channel. If anybody is looking for, to hear. The great session guitarist Louis Shelton playing the Model One. I've got mine's the Guitar Modillo, which is the got the scratch-proof Impervacoat uh, paint on it, <laughs> whereas uh, Louis is a, a nice shiny red Model One. I can remember when he he buzzed me to say, "Yep, yeah, I'm downstairs," and I went downstairs, and he's walking towards me playing this guitar. It was so loud. He's playing all these cool licks. There's just this big grin on his face going, how, how cool is this thing, man? And I'm just like, what is that? So, um, yeah, we plugged him in. He had a, a bit of a, a track uh, prepared, and we just sat down and, and shot him playing along to it. And that's where I, I contacted you guys and just went, whoa, hey, I'm, I'm helping Louie out with this thing. This thing is great. This thing is great. So you, you mentioned Andy Summers has got one as well. Yes. Yeah, Andy's got a, uh, a beautiful pine top. We had some reclaim, reclaimed pine. It was a table 
that we looked at, you know, Joe, Joe found it and we just said, that's a guitar. And we blew it out, you know, just made it into a guitar. And, uh, uh, Andy Summers is, uh, there's some pictures of him online right now, I think with it. Cool. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Andy's, Andy's, uh, one of our guys, Sammy Hagar, Um, I believe Sammy Hagar's got one. Yep. Yes, Sam. He's got a couple, or I think his guitar player has one. Uh, yeah, his is uh, a red rocker style. I think it's got some cool cherry uh, cherry knobs on it. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, red, red acrylic pickups. <laughs> pretty cool. So you guys do have a custom yeah. shop, yeah? So you can. You, you mentioned the, the different knobs and things. Uh, I know. Yeah. I oh, yeah. when I came to order mine, I got to specify the color of the paint uh the the style of knobs you guys suggested that the marshall style knobs i got to choose the color of uh the the hardware on there uh, we call the, that one the marshall dillo the marshall dillo it's beautiful uh, I, I chose the color of the cloth over the speakers the pick guard um but um yeah what other what type of custom options can people have i missed anything there well, there's um, a lot of pictures online. You can see all kinds of paint uh, options and finish. You know, we do metallics, we do sunbursts. As far as the um, guitar modillos, we have a lot of colors to choose, actually. Besides black, we have cream and red and silver, uh, green, purple, yellow. <laughs> so how We've how tried d- a lot of things. Sure, yeah. Now, when, with the, the scratch pot proof, now, Impervacote, right? That's what it's called? Yeah. Uh, how did you guys yep. happen on that as a, as a finish? Can, can I, I got I to say it. J- Joe said, you know, he, you know, we were talking about it like an amp, like a, an amp kind of a covering. And Joe's just, he's, he's spraying up everything, testing stuff out. And he's, he's got this truck bed liner stuff. And he's going, look, <laughs> look at this. <laughs> And we started laughing, going, "You can't scratch this shit." We were throwing the guitar around, and you know, and dropping it. And anyway, we uh, we 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 said, you know, this is a this is a fucking guitar modillo. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. Now, in terms of colors on the model one, which is the the shiny one, uh, there's quite a few finishes that people can choose. Is it the kind of thing like if they were to look at your website? EPGuitars.com? Our new website. EPGuitars.com? Yes. Yes. If people were to see a particular finish on your website, uh, are you able to do custom ones on anything that they, they see? or is Well, a- yeah, we, we, have, we have four basic colors available. And then there are custom shop options that, you know, upgrades, basically. So you, you can start at a basic level and then upgrade it with different custom options, custom paint. You know, we if, if somebody's going to buy a top end version of our guitar, they're going to get a Pat Wilkins paint job. Nice. You know, or or Brian Moore. I mean, just high end, top top paint. So the finishes on there, you've seen the finishes. They're they're off the mm. off the hook. Absolutely, absolutely. I We've done very... some uh, matte paint jobs lately too. We've done a matte black and stuff, and and those are really cool. Also, it's you know for people that like that. You know what I mean? No, no gloss. It's just yeah. 
Yeah. Have yeah. you uh, gone down the road of relics? Has anybody asked you for a, a relic version? <laughs> I think we've sort of uh, accidentally reliced a few, but um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably sell them as relics. You mean the ones that have fallen uh, off the uh, shipping table? <laughs> So you guys, uh, it sounds like you're constantly... No, actually, you know what? Uh, in all seriousness, like uh, the Andy Summers Pine guitar and some of the other pines, we have done uh, relicking on the hardware's relic and, and the finishes relic. Even the even the uh, v, V-Twin Tremolo, we, uh, you know, gave it a bath of uh, salt and vinegar and, you know, do things to give it that cool uh, aged look and tie it all in. So, yeah, we can do it. <laughs> yeah, the wood the wood itself was uh, pretty much relict. <laughs> the pine itself in that guitar was relict. So it, before you we even started, started with the relic, nice. yeah. yeah so when we it, when our our guys, you know, they um, one of the things they do is to uh, take a a butane torch to it to bring out the grain, and then we use um, like old school shellac on it and stuff to really get you know. So when you touch the surface of that guitar. It's not just like smooth glass. You can feel the grain and the, the wood in it, so it's it's really a kind of a cool vibe. Nice, nice. Now, um, are we allowed to talk about Mark II of anything? Well, we got a bass coming. We can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, the bass is uh, underway, and yeah, some of the other things are still uh, under wraps. Yep. But <laughs> but. The bass, we're very excited about, and that's well underway. So, um, you know, we had so many requests for it when we were now. It was like every other person was, when are you going to come with the bass? Where's the fucking bass? And uh, <laughs> so, you know, and we had already been thinking about it, but that was sort of the impetus, like, okay, we got to get on this. And um, so we've been pushing that forward. Jim's doing the electronics, and we've got a prototype um, working now, and, you know, it's everything is really coming together it's going to be a monster really and, and rick rick you know when you play our guitar how 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 you get the incredible feel from that uh in your body from the actual body of the guitar mm -hmm. when you play the bass you your nuts drop <laughs> <laughs> so did that present any challenges trying to get low end out of the guitar because that's one thing i will point out is that uh, it's got small speakers, but oh, this is on the guitar version here. Even though it has small speakers, there's a lot of bottom end coming out. So is there chambering or something going on beneath the body to, to help that out? Yes. Yeah? Absolutely. There's a lot of uh, black magic going on in there, you know, a lot of voodoo stuff. Uh, the bass has a bigger chamber, a bigger uh, dimension to the air volume inside. So that's a lot of it right there. And plus, you know, they're different speakers and the electronics, of course, you know, are uh, tailored to enhancing and bringing out the right frequencies and stuff. So when you play it, like when I was playing the prototype, it just feels great. You're not, you don't feel like, oh, I wish this had more bottom. It's, you know, it's got a lot of punch. It's like, you, you know, you're hugging your SVT. It's really nice <laughs> Nice, nice. So this is a great thing for um, busking musicians and um, so now that bass players could, could actually come along and, and, and jam with um, their guitar. Yeah, brethren. you can do jams. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So we just need the, the, the keytar version next, huh? 
and then Jan can jam along. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. You ready? I think that I think they they exist already. I think there are a bunch of you know Casios and things that with yeah with sure. speakers you know yeah yeah. So speaking yeah, of of, we, of, yeah. of you playing keyboards, so. Jan, just, I'm just going to delve into a bit of the background of both you guys. So I know you were a studio owner at one point, Jan, and, and production was your thing for a while, and that you are a keyboard yeah. player. Yeah. You want to tell us a bit about your background? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was uh, – I, I built a couple studios, uh, and one of them happened to be right next door to Joe. Uh, Joe had a studio too. We were, we were neighbors, and this was 30-odd uh, years ago, you know. And we've maintained, you know, literally we were next door to each other. So uh, I'd be doing a lot of uh, keyboard-oriented pop stuff and rock stuff like that. And Joe was doing a lot of rock and metal and stuff like that right next door. And he was set up for killer guitar tones and stuff. And we we had all the keyboards and the computers. And it was really developing uh, a nice little corner over there in Burbank, California. Nice. Then, uh, yeah, then uh, we uh, remained friends all those years and, you know, kept getting together to jam and things like that. And Joe would always show me his latest uh, thing that he was, you know, he gizmo that he was putting together. And uh, he uh, ultimately one day he showed me the uh, Proto One. And we immediately said, well, this is an electrophonic device. And that was the beginning of it. Literally on the spot, we came up with the name right there. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so anyway, uh, that was it. I was doing that. I had the studio going, had the recording studio going up until, you know, mid-90s. And then I, everything went Pro Tools. So I jumped out of my brick-and-mortar business, which was getting sketchy at the time <laughs> <laughs> sold the neves got out of it you know bailed smart move and the studers and the studers everything the yeah. pull techs the uh, all the good microphones man we, it was just a fire sale and uh luckily i was uh i was bored a lot during some of the sessions that i was getting railed into cutting so i would on my laptop, I would really mess with Photoshop and cutting off pictures of my clients' heads and putting on other people's heads and, mm-hmm. you know, just, and I got good at that. And so when I sold the studio, I said, Hey, I'm going to do Avid, you know, I know, you know, I know how to edit film. Let's see how digital editing works. Got into doing television. Next thing you know, I was, I had a career as a TV editor and I was making, you know, a real nice living. And I, I was uh, digging cutting TV shows for documentaries, sitcoms, Disney, you name it. I was doing all that. and uh, But Joe and I were still jamming in the part-time. And uh, next thing you know, we, we in our part-time, while I was doing all that editing and he was doing, you know, he was producing out of his studio. Next thing you know, uh, we got our patent. So I quit editing and we started doing this full-time. And nice. that's... Uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> How about you, Joe? What bit, bit about your background as a player, mate? Yeah, well, Jan just told a lot of the story, but um, I um, played in bands, you know, my whole life pretty much since I was a teenager, and um, I've always been really into guitar music. You know, I saw Jimi Hendrix back in 69 and 
So, you know, that totally warped my mind and fucked me up for the rest of my life. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, did that. For me, and, it was uh, LSD. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you know, in the early 80s, moved sort of into this whoops, studio thing and and uh, met Jan and and I did that for a while and that was great worked with a lot of cool artists and um, I don't know this idea just kept sort of lingering in the back of my mind and I thought that that, that seems like something that could be done and uh, you know I told other people about it and you know, because I didn't really think I would do it, but um, maybe get somebody else to be dumb enough to do it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, nobody, hey, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, finally it was like, okay, I'm going to build the, the prototype, you know, I'm going to try and do it. And it started messing around with tubes and speakers and this and that. When I say tubes, I mean lengths of, uh, PVC to create a chamber, yep. that type thing. And so, you know, and it started, the more I did it, the more I was like, you know, that what this really is promising and that prototype. And then uh, I was excited about it and, you know, showed it to Jan and he was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, let's do it. You know, that's pretty much the story. Here we are. Nice one. <laughs> nice one. So every great business partnership, um, the, the people involved complement each other. How do you guys feel that you you complement each other in the uh, in the whole electrophonic scheme of things? I would say we definitely complement each other. Jan has a great head for doing what he's doing, which his specialty is the three D part and the machine codes and all this. You know, he wraps his mind around it, and no problem is insurmountable. He just dives in, and you know, he can just do it. And I'm totally not that way uh, I just shut down as soon as I look at any kind of software like that I, you know it's like ah! <laughs> it's terrifying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know I'm more uh, I don't know just on a whole different end of it I, I'm focused on the actual sound and you know how are we going to achieve that <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and what, what do you think Jen? Yeah, I think we are very complimentary you know in that way yeah, uh, Jen, before yeah, you, you go, yeah. you, you've turned on the, your other camera now, mate. We're, we're looking at uh, the wrong side of you. There we go. You're back. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Joe and I just always got along. You know, I mean, I played keyboards. He played guitar. He always had this cool little uh, whirly over there, a little uh, whirly uh, 200, or it's not the two. Is it a 200, Joe? It's the uh, one, 140B. A 140B. It's a great little. Wurlitzer and it's it just piano. yeah it's, it's a great piano. piano. <laughs> I used to have a Whirly 200 this is a Whirly uh, one of the old ones and when you play it it squeals it jumps out at you it's it's great so we would always you know play stuff at, at low very low volume like that it just always sounded great and we kept doing it <laughs> all this time and uh well you know you, you can go ahead. You can go ahead. I'm having a... Uh... Yeah, having issues oh, over there. Oh, there he is. Oh, there, there he is. is. Yeah, nice one. There he is. So, guys, you mentioned you've got the new website up and running. 
epguitars.com. Is that yes. how yes. people go about ordering a guitar from you guys? Is that all on there? Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. We 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 always uh, uh, have have sold only from our website. No, no uh, middleman. Been direct. Yep. No middleman. No. Every, everything's no. No. In fact, it's funny because uh, when we hooked up with Andy Summers. He actually saw our ad in Guitar Player magazine, and he called, and uh, and I happened to answer the phone, and it was uh, his assistant, Dennis Smith, and Dennis and I uh, worked together in my recording studio when I recorded Andy's first solo album after leaving the police. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, and I said, hey, Dennis, it's Jan. He goes, what? You know, so... Uh, we all hooked back up, and it was uh, uh, like a 25, 30-year reunion, you know? We hadn't seen each other in a long time. And he's been living over here all the time, right by us. Really? Right here in Venice, yeah. So, anyway, uh, it was random, and, uh, you know, that sort of stuff happens now. Nice one. So, uh, what type of pricing are we talking about for you guys' guitars? The uh, Guitar Medillo starts, I think it's eight ninety-five. And that's uh, uh, without a tremolo, of course. And it comes in about seven or eight different colors now, I believe. Um, and the uh, the uh, Model One, I'm not sure. I think it's eleven thirty-five or something, something like that. I, I, I'm, I'm not looking at a price list right now. Yep. Yeah. The new website just went up, and I haven't checked it, you know, but okay. other yeah. people are doing that. Nice one. I was trying to do the website, but, you know, that's way beyond my skill set. Well. So we actually hired out some people to really do it. That's not such a bad thing, you know. Get people who specialize. Yeah, yeah. It just adds that little bit. Yeah, they, they did a nice extra. job. We like it. We like it. Nice. There's nice. a lot of good videos up there, and uh, your videos are up there. It's great. Cool. Cool. Guys, is there anything else you want to mention before we round things up when it comes to your your, your fine guitars? Rick, Joe? you're an awesome player. That's what I'd like to mention. You're just fucking... You humiliate oh. me when I hear you play. Oh, uh, no, like, oh, Joe, God, no. this guy is awesome. <laughs> oh, man, sick. thank you. You're sick. You're still... Thank you, man. Rick, I got to say that you're unboxing... On your Dillo. Love it. <laughs> When you un your unboxing video of the Dillo is worthy of some sort of notor you know notoriety, some sort of a, a reward. <laughs> oh, cool. yeah. One of the great videos. <laughs> well, I was genuinely excited. I uh, I had a student over, uh, and I got the the buzz at the front door, and and uh, I just <laughs> said to her, "Hey, get your phone out and get ready to, because I've been waiting for this thing." And yeah, the excitement was real. It was very real. We're, we're literally shipping them all over the world right now. Um, my Dillo that was just like yours is living in Tokyo somewhere now, unfortunately wow. for me. Yeah. Um, I'm, pl I'm playing a purple one right now. Uh, but there are, uh, there are all over the world right now. It's pretty amazing. Ireland, you know, and uh, uh, Russia, Culver City. <laughs> that's right next door to where we are oh, is it <laughs> we're in we're in inglewood culver city is like a few blocks over yeah right nice well guys like i say i'm absolutely blown away with the playability of your guitars the sounds of of it 
uh, is not what you would expect from a guitar with a built-in amplifier. And I look forward to um, more designs from you guys in the future, enhancements. I know you guys are always looking at ways to, to, to better things. So, um, folks, thanks a lot, Rick. epguitars.com. Check them out. Once again, I'll just show off my personal one, my guitar modillo. One thing I haven't pointed out is the feedback that you get on these things because of the... Let me just turn it up a bit and you will hear. I love the uh, the interaction. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to you soon about those uh, modifications on the trim and everything else. Awesome, awesome. That's one thing I want to point yeah, out about up. these guys is I had feedback uh, on things that I thought could improve it even even more, and they actually listen. They're not these guys, you know, the kind of guys that look down their nose at you and sort of go, "Mate, this is how it is," you know. So it's really nice to to know guys at a company that will take on feedback and improve anyone 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 with the name rick hollis underscore guitar nerd must be (laughs) listened to and understood (laughs) i um the whole guitar nerd thing i think that that's pete thorne really owns the patent on on that name he had an album called that and i had pete on for a live chat not that long ago and he was was fantastic Uh, i think that isn't that your instagram uh your it is, it is, thing? yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to come up with something different, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But guys, thank you so much for your time. As I said, Thanks love, lot, love, Rick. love your guitars. Thanks, uh, Rick. Folks, you know what happens. Please like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Oh, look at that, there's a little icon that just popped up right above my head. Boom. <laughs> so I'm going to hit the button. You know what happens when I hit the button? It all ends, it all ends, it all ends like this. Bam. <laughs>